Most of us are people of routine. We keep our schedules, we do our jobs, we stay in our own lanes. But sometimes our routines become ruts and we miss God. It takes something big, something extraordinary to get our attention, to wake us up, to make us see beyond ourselves and notice what God is up to. In the book of Acts, we see God do just that, something big and extraordinary. He established and unleashed the church. With just a handful of emboldened eyewitnesses and a story of good news, God forever changed the world. He did more than anyone could have imagined, and he still does today. So don't miss it. Let's open our eyes and see God do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. What a blessed study we're having in the book of Acts, a time when God's vision was much bigger and expansive than those early believers. And God's vision remains the same in this world today. God had a plan then and for now, but he had a plan then for their impact, not only to carry throughout their city that they were in but to, and their country, but to all throughout the world. And you see his spirit working to help his believers see that and to go and change the world to bring the good news for all. And along the way, those early believers, they did pray. They wanted it. They prayed for boldness. They prayed for open doors and open eyes. And we too are praying this day, these days. I love how we have connected a couple of wonderful scriptures to the book of Acts and, and come with this special prayer that we've been praying the last few weeks. And I hope it becomes an integral part of your life. God, help us to dare to imagine what you can do and give us the faith to see it when you do it. And I love that you're praying this. I, I hear this in, in your prayers when I'm praying with you. And it's fun to hear the stories. I, I love getting to hear how you have seen this taking place in your life in the last week and weeks. So I hope you'll continue to pray it in a very conscientious way in the days and weeks ahead, but also may become a theme of our lives, our prayer. We want to be people that pray. And when we do, well, even when we don't, but God can do immeasurably more. And today in our series, we want to especially look at the concept of how he can do immeasurably, measurably more in saving souls than we can imagine. That's the message of Acts. It's the good news for all. God it was faithful to establish his church and to show what it looked like to be church and to share that good news. God was faithful to lead those early Christians, and he is faithful to lead us today. The question simply becomes, are, are we faithful to follow? Because God is faithful. That's how we begin our time of worship today. In Lamentations 3, great is your faithfulness. God has always been faithful. In fact, when he appeared before Moses, he would use this description in Exodus 34 about how he is abounding in faithfulness. God is faithful. He always has been and always will be. The question becomes, will we be faithful? And what happens if we're not? Paul brings out the point in Romans 3 when when his followers, when the Jews, God's people, had not been faithful, God remained faithful. Verses 3 and 4, what if some were unfaithful? Will their unfaithfulness nullify God's faithfulness? Not at all. God's faithfulness is not changed by our actions. God's faithfulness is not dependent on my faithfulness. It's not all up to me. Don't miss that point. He is faithful and can do imaginably more no matter what I do, no matter what you do. But he does call us to be faithful. 
Paul makes the point again in 2 Timothy 2.13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. So today, specifically, we're asking the question, will we be faithful in saving, in sharing the gospel, in helping souls be saved? And when we're faithful to the Spirit's leading, we're going to be able to see God change lives and to save souls. And one of the keys to us being faithful is to allow God to take the lead, to point the way. And that's how our story begins in Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Simple question. Do you believe in this day, when this, when this story was written, do you believe God was working in the world in powerful ways? That's how a couple of you do. No, you do. You're here, right? You believe this. You, you truly do. In your heart of hearts, do you believe this? So here's my next question. Is that same God who was faithful then still working in the world today? I hope you believe that. God is working then and now, and he will be faithful in working tomorrow. It, it's so good to see Kai and Lydia and Zoe with us today. It's Zoe is very cute, very cute. Almost as, no, much cuter than you were when you were born. I, because I remember. I mean, some of us knew, have known you that long, and we remember when your mother was expecting you, and, and when you were born, and watching you grow, and it's been such a blessing. It, it really has. And to see how you made a difference then. And now you're making this difference in Germany. How powerful. What a story of how God remains faithful. And I hope you will read that little uh, piece in our bulletin where um, it talks about Santiago getting, being baptized from Venezuela. Just a powerful, powerful story of how God works. He is working today. The key is, are we remaining faithful to allow him to work through us one of the powerful mission stories in recent years at Edmond has been the Mexico mission trip. Now, it's a little bit of a history because we don't get to take large groups anymore, but it's still a part of our, our heritage, and we talk about it. And when people remember those days and talk about those days, the question becomes, you know, how did it all start? How did it begin? And there's a couple ways you could point that. You could point to people who, who went and got to be a part of those first days, or you could point to how God worked in the lives of his people to go. And the great power is in the faithfulness of God and those who are faithful to follow the leading. God led. God opened doors. God was working. And it's really been quite incredible, those of us who got to participate in it. It was such a joy for me personally to get to go and be a part of that journey. Allow God to point the way and then be faithful to follow. That's what we're called to do. Be faithful and follow his leading. Verse 27. So Philip started out. And on his way, the story continues. So God is faithful. We all agree with that. The question then becomes, am I? And when we think about being faithful and, and, um, and saving souls, helping share the good news, many of our hesitancies says, I, I'm just not prepared. Or we're afraid. What if I'm not prepared? And I'm not prepared. Or, or what if I am, am not good enough? We know we need to be available, and we know we need to be, 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 be prepared. And those are good things, and those things we need to do. But the best thing to do to help, save, help God save souls is just to be faithful. 
That's what he calls. Just follow. I grew up out in the country, and they, had, they used to have an old saying. You might have heard it before. If it's to be, it's up to me. Ever heard that? If it's to be, it's up to me. I've met a lot of lazy folks in my life, and so maybe that's the case. Another saying that they had was, you've got to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, which is one of the funniest images to think about, if you really think about it. A guy with boots trying to lift himself up. Listen, if it's to be, it is not up to me. It's up to God being faithful. The only part I play in this is just to follow his lead. It's to let God work and follow where he leads. Basically, I just need to get out of the way and get on the way. So let me make this point early because it's the main point. The message today, the story today, is about God saving souls. It is not about Philip and him saving souls. The story is about God who is faithful to save souls. I'm called to be faithful and follow. And when you do this, when we follow God's lead, amazing things happen and you get to meet the most amazing people. Well, listen to Philip's story, verse 27. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of the treasury of the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. It's a fun study to read about this Ethiopian or Nubian or whatever, where he was from. But where he was on this journey made him a very exotic and well-sought-after person. I mean, he obviously stood out in Jerusalem and on that road. It was impressive. He was a man from the edge of the world, from Timbuktu, and here he is right in front of Philip, and Philip gets to see him, a very, you know, a powerful man, someone you would not normally get to see. And the Spirit tells Philip in verse 29, Go to that chariot and stay near it. He's on this desert row. He's left Samaria where great things were happening. He followed the Spirit. Here comes the chariot. He sees it, and the Spirit says, That's a pretty interesting guy right there, isn't it? Go get near that chariot. Just come alongside and just be. Just be there. Just observe. And there he finds himself. He goes, he's there, and he might be wondering, why did God want me to stay here? Verse 30, then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked. So here's what happens to Philip, and I think it's gonna, what happens to us. When we follow the Spirit's leading and we go get next to somebody, just go near, just be there, just to be present and to observe, we're probably going to hear or see or or recognize something that gives us a, an opportunity. So we listen and observe and then ask. And you just start where they are for some of us who do disaster relief. You just go and you, you see a need and you start helping with that need. And, but you're there because you care about them as a soul. And pretty soon they're going to share something with you and you have an opportunity to pray. I, I, God just opens doors. We just stay, start where they are and listen and observe. And then Philip asks this question. Now, just pause for a minute. Do you think the Spirit whispered in Philip's ear and says, Okay, Philip, he's reading from Isaiah, and here's exactly what I want you to say. Or did God just know Philip was a man that cared about people, 
who loved Jesus and, what, and had, had observed what Jesus did for him, and it became gospel. It became good news in his life. And here he is reading from the book of Isaiah, and Philip recognizes what's going on, and so he just asks, you're reading Isaiah. Do you understand what you're reading? I mean, the Spirit put him there for a purpose, so he was looking for it, and then he took it. He didn't hesitate. He didn't wait. So tomorrow, this week, this month, during the rest of your life, do you believe God has purpose for your life? And if you're in the heart of hearts, you're saying, yeah, I believe God has a purpose for my life. Then follow his lead, and as you are there, wherever there might be, listen, observe, look, and pray for God to give you the faith to see that he's put you there, that God is working through you in that situation. And that purpose is going to include at some point Jesus, pointing to Jesus. I can't tell you how to respond in every situation. You can't know in advance how to respond in every situation. But you can be a person who has responded to the gospel, the good news about Jesus, and look for opportunities to point the way. And when the Spirit's working and the Spirit's taking you someplace, you don't have to force them. You just have to be faithful and follow Many of you remember uh, uh, one of our former shepherds, longtime member here, dear friend of, to you probably and many of us, Mark Coleman. Mark's an impressive guy, did so, so many things. He, he uh, put together the, the Department of Environmental Equality and led it for, for many, many years. And so he did a lot of speaking out there in the business world, and he did a lot of speaking around us as well. If you remember Mark, he wasn't short on words. But he had these sayings that he applied to, this, to, to his business, to the, the political world, but he also applied them to us. And if you remember some of his sayings, and he had a bunch of them, one of them that many of us remember, at least I remember, for one of the first that comes to mind is you got to pick the low-hanging fruit. Any of y'all ever heard him say that? Pick the low-hanging fruit. And what Mark was saying, whether you're building a, a big a political entity or you're just trying to be God's people today in this world, just do what's right in front of you. Pick the low-hanging fruit. Do what's next. And I believe if we're faithful in following, we don't have to worry about, I don't have enough. Or I'm not. Just pick the low-hanging fruit. And that is pointing to Jesus. So do you understand what you're reading, he asked. And the eunuch responds, how can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. God wants us to help. At times it is physically helping with some, a need. But at all times it is pointing people to Jesus. And so here's the passage he was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Now there's a, there's a lot going on here, but this is where the Ethiopian was reading at the time. And Isaiah 53 is describing Jesus. It starts out in that chapter uh, talking about the birth of Jesus, and then it moves on to his life and ministry. And here, this passage we're giving is talking about how Jesus was our substitute for our sins. He was that sacrifice, that animal sacrifice, that perfect sacrifice, the Lamb of God 
who paid for our sins once and for all. Substitutionary death. Wow. And then he's going to go on and talk about the victorious resurrection of Jesus. And here the Ethiopian had been to Jerusalem worshiping, and he's on his way back, and he's reading the scroll of Isaiah. And he's asking simply the question, is Isaiah talking about himself? Or is he talking about that man that I heard people talking about in Jerusalem? Well, he might have meant something else by it as well. But I think it's pretty fair, fair to ask, think that he's thinking those two things. And the focus here in this passage describes Jesus as a willing sacrifice for sinners, even to the point of losing his human rights. Wow. What a passage. I have to tell you, when talking to people who are searching for God, who recognize there's something missing, when we follow God's lead, it is always amazing. I'm constantly amazed at the openness of people and the opportunities there are to point towards Jesus. Can you imagine what Philip thought? I mean, is it that a part of him just want to say, are you kidding me? I come up here and he's reading this passage? I mean, you, you talk about a, lobbing a softball up, just knock it out of the park. I mean, who can miss that? He must have been amazed. And I think if you will be open to follow God's lead, you will find yourself by people and will be constantly amazed at the openness they have to Jesus. And just, just point them to Jesus. Verse 34, the eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who's he talking about? I know a lot of us have a, a great fear of sharing the good news. We think we don't know enough. Or what if we're asked a question we don't know the answer for? Is he talking about himself or someone else? So I have to confess, there's a part of me, I mean, I've been a Christian a long time, I feel like I'm supposed to have all the answers. This was especially true after I graduated with a Bible degree. You know, I thought, man, I'm supposed to know it all. And I knew I didn't know enough. I didn't know it all. And so oftentimes when somebody asks us a biblical question, a spiritual question, we get nervous, cold sweats. Whoa, what if I mess up? What if I say something wrong? I don't know the answer. Or what if they ask me another question that I don't know the answer to? What will they think of me? <laughs> Listen, I don't, I doubt you'll ever have a full knowledge of all Scripture. I mean, you probably, like me, have a list of questions you're going to ask God when you get to heaven. So, God, I never really could grasp this. And I think your eyes will be open. But I am saying right now, in the midst of the questions that you think might be too hard, just talk about Jesus. And quite frankly, if you say, I don't know, let's go to the Bible. When you go to the Scripture, you're going to be pointing to Jesus. So never be afraid to let Jesus talk. And so that's what Philip did. He began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. We need to replace our fear of questions we can't ask with amazement that questions are being asked. And then just trust God. The God who brought you here will not abandon you. He'll be there for you. He will use you. The question is, will I let him? Will I open my mouth? Because it's not about me. It's about pointing people to Jesus. And then watch him work. And it's wonderful to watch. <laughs> 
Watch God save souls. Verse 36. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here's water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. I mean, there is great joy in watching sins be washed away. A new life begun. And when you find yourself in that place, I don't think you look to yourself. I think you look to God and recognize this wasn't my work. This was God at work. And I got to be a part of it. I got to be there. I got to witness this. God sent me and he worked through me and it's a wonderful feeling. It is a great feeling. Makes you want to do it again, doesn't it? Do it again. Verse 39. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea, which is just what God wanted. Just keep this up. Do it again, Philip. Follow me in faith, and then watch in wonder as God works. So I mentioned the Mexico mission trip. For a few years, we used to come up with a different theme every year for those, those trips. And I mean, it's a long time ago we were going on those trips, so it was pretty tough. We would have different themes because there were, it was tough in ways. Our, our motto was, it's not, will we have a flat? It's how many flats will we have? It's not, will one of these vehicles break down? It's how many of these vehicles are going to break down? It's not, will something happen that's unexpected? Will somebody get hurt? Will there be a, an accident or something? And all those things happened over, over time. One of the themes we had one year was watch and wonder. Because every time those things happened, it was amazing to see how God brought people or, or things together in such a way as it, it worked out. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a guy that likes to plan. I want, you know, nothing wrong with planning, right? How can things go that way if you don't even give them a chance? So, okay, I'm there. But this guy who loves to plan learned to love to watch God work in the unplanned. And so we had a theme, watch and wonder. And it, it, truthfully, it got to where when one of those things happened, I wasn't happy about it. I wasn't, didn't put a smile on my face. I was concerned. But I truly got to where I got, I just look around. Okay, God, here we, here we are. What are you bringing to help us deal with this? And it was wondrous to watch. Because God always worked. He had brought a doctor on that year's trip. That's just who we needed. Or he brought mechanics on the trip that knew how to do it. He brought willing people that were willing to, to jump in. Watch and wonder. And learn to love it. So as you walk through life, I'm not saying every part of the journey and every time you find yourself walking alongside someone is going to be a fun time or an easy time. But I am saying if God placed you there, look around, observe, stay near, and let God work. It's a wondrous thing. Watch and wonder as God works. All right, so we've got to wrap up. I'm, I'm aware of the time. So as an overview, here is the text. Read it through one more time with me. Go. Okay. Got it? No. That is our text for today. And I know some of you can read it, your show-offs. But um, 
Here's, here's the point I want to make. We are got, called to be faithful to God. Faithful to follow his lead. But when it comes to saving souls, it is God who saves souls. The story today, the text we've just been diving into, is not about Philip. It is about God saving souls. And to help make the point, here's the one time Philip speaks. It's the only quote from Philip in this passage. Okay, he talked more. Hit it again. He preached. He, he started there and taught. I get it. I get it. Philip had a role to play. But this passage is not about Philip, and saving souls is not about me and you. God saves souls. What our job is, is to follow the Spirit's lead, to be faithful. Can you do that? I can do that. I just need to follow and be faithful. What a powerful thing. So how can I be a part of someone's salvation story? Just be faithful to listen to the prompting of God. Follow his lead and be fear, fearless. Instead of fear, be faithful. And point to Jesus, because that never messes up. And then watch and wonder as God works. Makes you want to do it again. So, as you think about your journey through life and who God's going to bring you along, would you pray this prayer out loud together? God, help us dare to imagine what you can do and give us the faith to see when you do it. Well, we're fixed to have an invitation, and as we sing that song, a couple of our shepherds and their wives are going to be in the parlor. It's just right there. You can leave out of here and go either way, and you'll find them. They'd love to pray with you. So, friend... If you've never given your life to Christ, Isaiah 53 talks about how Jesus died for us. If you understand what sin does and how sin separates us from God because we're imperfect and cannot be in the presence of a perfect God and there's nothing that you can do to make yourself perfect again, that's the message of what Jesus did. He died for our sins so that we could be white as snow and be in the presence of God forever. Now, if you recognize that and you understand what Jesus did, would you choose to follow him? Quit living the way you were and live for him. Confess him as Lord of your life and be baptized in the waters of baptism and then you have that new life. God would love to do that inside in your life. And you find yourself here today and you find yourself here today as we talked about this message. I hope it speaks to you. We would love to rejoice with you and watch and wonder as God saves your soul. Brother and sister, for some of us though, it's just a reminder that we're just called to be faithful to look and to watch. We're fixing to sing a, the song, uh, Where He Leads Me, I Will Follow. And as we sing the song, I hope you'll reflect personally on what God is saying to you today. Where He leads me, I will follow. I'll go with Him, with Him, all the way. If you need to respond, won't you come as we stand together and sing?